Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hello, friends, and welcome to a conversation unlike any other, our Sunday Conversations, brought to you by the Golf Strategy Academy and Golf Strategy School. Whoa, hold up. That's all good and fun, but what we're doing here is we're talking to real golfers just like you, people who are struggling with consistency, struggling to break 90, and we are digging deep, finding out what's holding them back, and helping them make a plan towards success and achieving their goals going forward. And with that being said, let's bring on our next guest. Hey, Golf Strategy School, welcome again to another episode of our Sunday Conversations. Today, my guest is Justin, who's playing again out of sunny, beautiful Southern California. Why do I do this to myself and interview people from nice places in the middle of winter? I don't know why. But Justin is playing to just about a seven and a half handicap right now. He actually made it all the way around 18 holes, shooting 70 once. And he, he only really gets a chance to practice a couple times a month. So Justin is very similar to myself in that respect, where there's a lot of time commitments. Even when you're at the course, you don't necessarily get to practice. So I'm really excited to have this conversation. Justin, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Marty. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting kind of comparison. We were chatting a little bit before I hit record here, and we were commiserating about how we have like you know club board member duties, and I've got my league president duties, and how we can be at a golf course but still not necessarily actually use the golf course to our advantage and get that practice in. So I'm excited to see how you do this, and I want to start it off by kind of like looking introspectively for you. And, you know, wondering what are you hoping to achieve in your next 12 months of golf? Yeah, so the next 12 months, uh, I got like a personal goal to try to get down to a a 5 or I guess a 4.9. And then another goal would be to shoot uh, actually sub 70. So, you know, hopefully 69, maybe 68. Gotcha. So, you know, if if you're a, a newer golfer if you're still in that kind of 18 to 20 to 25 handicap range you might be thinking oh well you know we're only trying to move a couple a couple strokes here on our handicap but when you get down into single digits one stroke of improvement on your handicap can be like climbing a mountain it gets really really hard to move the needle because you consistently have to be underneath that score so I definitely feel for you there, Justin. You know, with that in mind, what kind of plans have you made to have you actually help yourself achieve that goal? 
Yeah. So uh, the first thing I did actually was I uh, about a month ago, I went and got fit for a new driver. I got a buddy who's a PGA professional. Um, and when I played with him, he noticed that I was getting a lot of spin with my driver. So I went and uh, he took him up on a fitting offering that he gave me um, and got fit for a new driver and actually uh, gained about 20 yards just by reducing that amount of spin. And that's getting my carry distance up to about 255, 260 on a good one. Very cool. So this just goes to show that you do not have to hit the ball 450 yards like Jamie Sadlowski to shoot good scores. You know, there's, there's plenty of people that make it happen and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, but short game is what saves your rear end so many times when you're in either trouble or when you're in a position where you really can convert and, you know, take advantage of a birdie opportunity you don't have to hit 350-yard drives. And more importantly, you shouldn't be swinging for the fences like that anyway, you know, in order to shoot good scores. Has that kind of been your experience as well? I mean, that's pretty much my game in a nutshell, man. I feel like uh, as much as I want to be the long hitter in the group, uh, I play with a couple guys that can really kind of get a hold of them. So I'm, I'm typically the shorter guy. Um, and... You know, before I got into, I guess, the single digits, which was my goal uh, about two years ago, um, short game saved my life. You know, I was kind of hovering right around in that 10, 11 kind of range and hitting maybe only three or four greens around, you know, and that's a struggle that I had to deal with and being able to get up and down. And I mean, worst case scenario, at least making a bogey, right? That was the huge thing, keeping the big number out of play. I say it all the time, you to to break 100, especially for those people who are still struggling there. But even really to break 90, honestly, you don't need another par. You don't need another birdie. You need less eights, nines, and tens. That yeah, is what's of, going to, to stem the tide. One of the things that my buddy told me when I kind of started taking golf a little more seriously um, about four years ago, trying to break 90. Um, he said, just play every hole as a par five, just play every hole as a par five. That's going to get you right to a 90. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to look at it. So like you mentioned, maybe three, four years ago, you started taking golf a little bit more seriously. Can you kind of lay out for us what your last round that was kind of up in that, you know, 89, 90 ish range, you know, what was that last round where you shot up in that area? What was it like? Sure. Uh, it was actually the first round I got my new driver where I was like super stoked to go out there and just like, yeah, I'm going to crush it 20 yards farther. This game (laughs) is going to be exciting. And, uh, it it did not go well at all. It was (laughs) a bunch of huge push fades. Um, and I ended up shooting 88. So the struggle for me there was getting not only losing shots off the tee as in like having to take three off the tee, uh, penalty strokes, things like that. But really, I kind of was just getting frustrated in the fact of I just went, got fit. I know what I can do with this, and I'm not performing at all. And going back to what you kind of said in the beginning, you know, it's I, I had to go back after the round and, and just reset expectations with myself. Like, I'm not out here hitting 100 balls a week, you know, or sorry, 100 balls every day. You know, um, I'm not a PGA tour pro, you know, there's going to be days when I just don't feel comfortable swinging. And some days 
it's the chipping that lets me down and my driving's great. And some days my, my driving is horrible, but my chipping saves me. Yeah. When you, when you mentioned that you, you got this kind of big distance kick from the new driver, what's, can you tell us kind of what the age difference was between your previous driver and your current one? Because I had a similar experience. It had been, I'm actually a little bit embarrassed to admit this. I was playing a tailor-made R7 up until about three years ago. Okay. And I, so uh, that club was like 14 years old. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, this is enough. Like I've got, I got like 150 bucks in funny money at my local pro shop. I went to like my local golf galaxy. I got fitted for a driver. I trucked right back across town what I did is I told him like, Hey, this is actually kind of a Christmas present for myself. Can you write down those exact specs? So my wife gets it right. I took those exact specs, drove across town, bought it from my local pro shop. And I, I saw a similar, you know, pickup of distance. Cause I was, I was carrying 250 to 260 and then that bumped it out to 270 to 280 for my carry distance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's, there's definitely a learning curve there, but like what was the age difference between your previous driver and this one? So mine wasn't that old. Um, mine was about five years. So, so not super old, but I, I made, I think, a common mistake that people make where it's, oh, I'm going to get this driver head and then I'm going to get this low spinning shaft and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be my own fitter. Yeah. And it turned out that my swing weight was way low. And the flex point on it was not a good fit for me, causing my spin to actually go into the 4,000s. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a lot. I mean, that's like, what, like five iron spin almost. Yeah, I was going to say, right that, that's going to be, you know, what? You usually want in like the 22 to 2,500 range with the driver? Yep, right around in there. That's, you know, and that's where I'm at now. And uh, I made the mistake of, of being my own PGA professional guy, right? I'm, I'm going to piece this together. I know what's going on. And it just goes to show that, uh, you know, we're not professionals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're, you know, when you're doing construction on your own house, it's like, all right, you know, the, the carpenter quoted me four grand, but I got it done in 1800. And then six months later, the wall fell down and I had to hire the carpenter for five grand to fix it all. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like it, it looks pretty too for those first few months. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I say that tongue in cheek as I stand just inside of a wall that I built, and I really hope it doesn't fall down. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that most recent time was with the new driver, and I feel like that might be kind of that might be a bit of an outlier because we had such an impactful change because of the driver. Prior to the new driver, what was the last time you were up around ninety? So. Um... I had a really good stretch of golf over the summer, actually. So it probably was around, probably like in May. Um, and it was actually <clears throat> during our club championship. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, not a great time. Uh, shot, in, shot in 89. Um, and in our club championship, we play a, a tee box back than what we usually play. So, you know, like I said, not being the longest hitter there. Um, the course playing a little longer went back to kind of that old style where I just wasn't able to hit greens trying to hit, you know, four iron, five irons into some of these greens was just really tough for me and short game, all short game, you know, uh, trying to get too cute with things. Oh, okay. 
You know, like, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I can hit this flop shot over the bunker when I'm short-sighted. Rather than just getting on. <laughs> yeah, right? And then go and then maybe make a duff or two and uh, try to get too cute. Hit maybe like, oh, I'm going to hit a little low spinner and just have it check up and then just runs off the back. Yeah, as you say, then blade it right across. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and it's, it, to me, when, when, I, when my scores are high, it's when my short game isn't, isn't working well. That's the common denominator that I go, got going on. And so I know for people who have listened to previous interviews that we've done on the podcast here, and certainly my own espousing through my instructional side of the podcast, put the lion's share of your time into short game. If you've only got 20 minutes to practice, short game. If you've got an hour to practice, 45 minutes on short game. You know, it's, it's that impactful because that's what's going to save your rear end. And really what I mean by short game is anything that's less than a full swing. So if you're, you know, if your 60-degree wedge goes 80 yards, well then, you know, everything 65 and in is probably considered short game. That's where you need to be working because you might be in those circumstances. You might be in a situation where, Hey, you know, I've got a, I've got a 230 yard shot coming into a green. It's real dicey. If I try and take all 230 at once, maybe it's better off to just hit it up to 40 or 50 yards where I can then count on that short game to get myself in a position where I'm not going to make more than a bogey. So I, I definitely feel you there. If, if 70% of our shots come inside of 100 yards, that's where we need to be spending at least 70% of our time. Yeah, and I feel like, you know, if, if you're struggling to break 90, you're probably going to have, you know, a duff or, or a blade going off the back or just kind of flub one up there, you know, and For that's sure. going to put you in that 30 to 50-yard range, you know. And I think a lot of people struggle with knowing – how to hit a ball 40 or 50 yards. Absolutely. Cause it's such an in-between distance. It's really, really hard for people. And one of the things that, that I've always kind of leaned on for that specific type of shot. And I, I will be the first to admit, I absolutely despise 40 or 50 yards. You put me at 60, I can kind of half-ass a, a full swing lob wedge in there, just open it a little bit more. Maybe it's like a 64-degree wedge. But, you know, when we're in that 40 or 50-yard zone, I really don't like playing from there either. But what I'll do is I'll take a pitching wedge rather than, you know, a, a 60 or a 56, and I will just intentionally try to land it like one hop short of the green and let it roll on regardless of where the pin is because I know at least I'll be putting. It might yeah. not, it might not scooch up to, you know, four or five feet where I feel real confident in making that putt, but you know what? It's a putt. It's not, you know, a bump and run from the fringe because I didn't quite get it there or because I bladed it all the way over. And I think with, with higher handicap players, there's, there's the issue of knowing how to practice that shot. I mean, they'll, if they've got enough area in their you know, at their driving range to practice that type of thing. If, if they've got like a short game facility, or even if they've got like a, for me, it was a rugby field that was right out my back door growing up. If you've got that distance, don't just drop 10 golf balls there and hit them up. What you need to do is you need to cultivate that shot on demand. So what I would do growing up is I would have a kiddie pool and I would put that kiddie pool with water in it uh, about 40, 50 yards away 
And then what I would do is I would hit one shot short. Then I would try to hit the next shot long. And then I would try to splash one. And by alternating short, long, on, you're training your brain that it has to get it right every single time. Not that it has this infinite number of attempts to produce the desired desired result. (laughs) So, you know, I think that's something that we can do in a lot of different aspects of our game is try to go short, long, on. And that will help us, you know, take that, that skill that we might have on the driving range and actually bring it out onto the course. I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great example. You know, that's, I, I was thinking more of, so I got a buddy who plays off 18 and say we got a 50 yard shot flags in the middle of the green, right? He's like, okay, I'm gonna go hit a 50 yard shot. Well, do you really want to hit a 50 yard shot? That, I mean, it's 50 yards to the stick, but we're not tour pros. We can't put on that juice. Yeah. It's not backing up. It's not one hop and stopping from 50 yards, right? Yep. So it's like, well, you really need to play that 40 yards. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, there is that misconception that the flag is the target 100% of the time. Right. When in reality, it's almost always the opposite. You need to find a landing point for the golf ball and then – kind of visualize what's going to happen between that landing point and the flag because you don't want to be flying it all the way there. The one thing I would say in that circumstance is that I would rather be in that situation where, you know, the pin is dead center of like that perfectly circular green that doesn't exist anywhere in this world. (laughs) Uh, I would, I would rather have someone aim, especially if it's like a full swing, I would rather have someone aim at like the back third because the chances are that if you miss hit a shot, which is going to be most of the time for someone who's off 18, if you miss hit a shot, it's probably not going long. It's probably going to end up shorter than anticipated. Mm-hmm. So if it's 50 yards to the stick, I don't necessarily have a problem even with someone playing like a 55 yard shot because chances are they're not going to hit it perfect. It's going to go 45 and then they're going to be sitting pretty. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So we know what we know what's kind of happened to the couple times that you've gotten up around 90. You know, one time it was the driver just betraying you. But, you know, that's kind of an outlier. That's a one off. The time before that, it was that short game that really kind of let you down because you were in and around the greens, but we just couldn't quite convert. What was, you know, your best round was 70. What was that like? You know, obviously heaven and earth all aligned. The sun was shining. The wind was always at your back, but kind of walk us through what was working on that day. Yeah. Uh, so that day I actually, uh, made eight birdies. Holy smokes. Yeah. I had, uh, what the hell was going on with the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually had a double bogey on a par three seventeen too. And, uh, yeah, made, made birdie on 18 to shoot a 70. Uh, wow. <laughs> <clears throat> so what was working there was, I, I I recently kind of made an adjustment, not in my putting stroke, but how I looked at the ball. So I put kind of two dots. I, I play the tailor-made golf balls, and on the in the end of the words, I put two dots, like on the end of the, so like left of the T and end of the E. Okay. Um, and I started just looking at the dot on the front, and I said, all I'm going to do is just look down, and do everything. Everything went in. Hmm. Everything went in. But besides that fact is my wife was actually with me and it was the very first time she ever saw me play golf. 
holy smokes. <laughs> we, That's uh, a hell of a time to pull it out. Right. right. We played, <laughs> we both kind of woke up and said, Hey, let's just play hooky at work. And then a couple hours in, she was like, well, do you want to go play golf? And I was like, what, what kind of trickery is this? What am I, what am I getting into by saying yeah. yes? What, what, what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, what, what do you want to buy? What yeah, exactly. Are we going um, to the car dealership after this? <laughs> yeah. Right. And you know, it was funny though, when I was out there, I, I was just really kind of calm and she, in a weird way, she doesn't know that I hit the ball short. So I didn't have to like try to prove that I hit the ball really long oh, to her. Very cool. And I, and I, and I just focused on these three quarter swings all day long. And I was just striping the ball. Like I, I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't do anything wrong. Like hitting golf shots. Did you notice any type of pattern in terms of like your approach distance? Cause obviously if you're making eight birdies and every putt's going in, you're probably not making a ton of 20 footers. No, so, yeah. you know, did you have, did you notice that you were coming in from like the same distance repeatedly? Yeah, it was. So for me, um, it was a lot of kind of gap wedge shots. So for me, I played gap wedge about 110, 115 for a three quarter swing. Um, and I, I kept getting that like kind of 110 and the, and the gap wedge for me is just like a money little club. And it's probably my favorite club in my bag. And I don't know. I just kept getting those and I would just stuff it into 10 feet. And she would kind of look at me and laugh. And I'm like, oh, you know, just another day on the golf course, which yeah, in my this mind. Is, this is what we do all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember I think I joked on like 13. I was like, see, this is why you got to let me come out here more. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, that's That's really cool. I mean, and the reason I ask that is – and I'm hundred percent leading the witness here. Uh, my, my best score ever is a 66 and it was almost a carbon copy of what you just said. I had eight birdies. They all came off of my gap wedge. My gap wedge distance was 112, and it was the same thing. I was just tucking that thing in and it didn't matter if it was coming off the gap wedge. It was finding the bottom of the cup. Yeah. And it was just one of those days. And the weird thing was like, I I hit all four par fives in two and I only birdied two of them. Wow. And I had no Eagles. So I had two, three pup pars. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and it was, it was that same kind of thing where it's just like, all right, it's, it's all just kind of here and lucky for me. It was actually in a tournament and wow, it's even be, more impressive because it was in a tournament and it was at my home course. The club pro came out at the turn to watch me come in because he thought that the course record was in jeopardy. Cause I went out in 32 and you know, he wanted to see because the course record was uh, 63. He yeah. wanted his, to be able to attest that. So didn't turn out as well as I had hoped, but either way, I got nothing to complain about there. I mean, I could tell you all the shots I missed, but that's kind of that, that golfer's mentality where we automatically jump to the negative thought rather than like focusing it on like, Hey, what happened that was so good here that I could take away. And for me, it was, it's what I call my hot zone strategy. You know, whatever your best club is, see if you can hit to that distance. Cause if you're hitting the same shot 14 times in a day, chances are they're going to get progressively better throughout yeah. the day. So that's what, that's one of the things that I give to a lot of my high handicappers is like, Hey, if you know that you love your seven iron from like 140 or 135 yards, 
let's do our best to hit it to that spot because you're comfortable there. You're confident there and you're going to hit a lot more greens and therefore you're going to make a lot more pars. So it's, it's really I mean, cool that you said that too. I, I, I love that example, man. Like you know, par five, if you hit seven iron, seven iron, seven iron, like, you'd be there. Get you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who cares how you get there? It's, it's a number on the card, right? There's no pictures on the scorecard. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny that you kind of said that same thing. It's like, I remember when the round started, we have this short little par four uh, hole number one at the course I was at. And uh, I typically can get within 30 yards. And I had, just like you were kind of talking about, one of those little 40-yard shots. And I nipped it pretty good, but it hit this ridge, and I made like a 25-footer off the first hole. And huh. like my wife kind of like – not screeched, but kind of like laughed and like and it laughed like, I can't believe that went in. Like what yep. the hell just happened? And I was like, you know, this is how it is. And I go and, I, and, I, and the next one's like a short par five and I made bogey on the next one. And she was like, well, what happened there? <laughs> it's it's uh, interesting to have that, you know, that kind of novice perspective that that doesn't play with you all the time. And it's interesting to see how your game changes. Cause if you play with your buddies all the time, it, like eventually it just turns into a pissing match. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, so to, to be able to actually kind of take that step back, play with someone new, my wife actually just picked up the game this year. So I have two younger daughters. They both like to play They're six and 10. And she goes, well, I guess we can't fit three people in a golf cart. I'm going to have to learn how to play. I'm like, yes, ma'am. Let's find some clubs. Yeah, that's a perfect foursome in my book right there. Absolutely, yeah. So that was that was a similar circumstance that we've experienced this year. I got my wife out to her first full-size course. We played in a scramble together. That way there was no pressure for her. And she's like, you know, I can see why you like this. It's, for the most part, peaceful. Even when you're not doing well, you know, someone's going to come by and give you a beer. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, I remember when I was playing, too, I, I felt like – you know, I kind of mentioned how I was just doing three-quarter swings, and I wasn't thinking anything. I wasn't like, okay, make sure I get a full turn here, you know, stay behind them. I wasn't none of that stuff. It was just, yep. just in the three-quarter zone. swing, right? And I, I, I think part of it was I, I kind of talked my game through with my wife. I know she probably didn't appreciate me going, all right, well, the pin's in the back, and I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to take an extra club and play for the middle of the green. And she's just like, okay, I don't really know what that means. And I'm like, all right, sounds good. Thanks, Caddy. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love that. I do the same thing. Like, I will tell my playing partners, like, hey, if you hear me mumbling and talking, like, this is just my own personal process of visualizing the shot. I tell myself out loud what I want the shot to do. That way, you know, if I can say it, like R. Kelly, if I can see it, then I can do it. You know, I believe I can fly that ball all the way to where I want it to go. So that, I, I think that's so awesome that you say, you know, just kind of talking it out. I think that's such an awesome exercise, especially for newer folks, just to get them in the habit of planning the shot. Don't go mm -hmm. up there and just swing. Plan it. You know, what yeah. do you want it to do? If you had a magic wand, if you could say, hey, Tiger, come hit this one for me what would you want it to do? It's that easy. Yeah. And, and for me, it was that three quarter swing. I think what really helped me though, was that I took the extra club, right? So I typically hit my nine iron 140, 145, if I get a good one. Right. And when I had 145, I was like, I'm just going to hit eight. Yep. You know, and, and then I just had this three quarter and I, 
I've never hit the ball out the center of the face as much as I did. But the couple of times that I didn't, you know, for me, six iron is like 170. And I like, I remember I, I remember on this one hole, I missed the fairway right. And it was like sitting on the top of the bunker. And I was like 162 to the middle. And I was like, well, it's kind of out of the rough. I'm just going to choke down and just hit a seven. Like, whatever. My wife doesn't know that I'm hitting the seven. You know, where it might be, I play, my playing partner would give me some crap and be like, yep. why aren't you hitting eight? You know what I mean? I kind of was able to just like hide my my extra club that I was taking. It was, yeah, it was it was a shame free round of golf. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. You know, it was I, I put my ego aside in front of my buddies. You know, and went out and 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 played played just golf the way I should. That's really really cool. Well, Justin, I really appreciate you coming on the show. One last question for you, and you know, we we kind of talked about what you've been, what you've been working on. I know that you had told me before the interview started is that you've kind of made this change with your driver and you're getting, you know, you're getting a little bit down on yourself in terms of how your greenside bunker shots are going. I want to know what is the next thing? Like the next time you go out and practice, what specifically are you working on? So, you know, I, I know my greenside bunker is not working so well, but um, I'm really trying to hit a, hit a draw with my driver. Okay. So I used to play this little cut and you know, my buddy's like, well, if you want to, you know, really dial it in, you need to try to hit that driver, start it out to the right and get it to come back. And I can play this kind of start it straight with a little bit of a draw, but it's turning into kind of a snap hook. Ah, you know, so I, I, I can't get the ball He's like, my buddy keeps telling me, it's kind of funny. He's like, I want you to aim up the left, but hit a draw to where you have to, you have to start it right. Oh, that hurts just to think about. Yeah. That hurts just to think about. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I thought we were friends, man. Why would you? (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, I, it's so I'm, I'm really trying to work. It's just so unnatural for me to want to start the ball that far right. But the nice thing is, and I, I think this is kind of the logic that your friend is coming from. He's working on making you perform the extreme, hit that over-exaggerated push draw, because when it comes time to play, then you don't have to think about it. Yeah. You've you've been working on making this, you know, this over-exaggerated motion to get the ball to start way right and still draw back. Now you can kind of you can turn off the thinking part of your brain, take her back to three quarters, and just let it perform and have more of a standard size push draw. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like once I know it's gonna start right, like I, I I'm fine with it. I think there's nothing worse than when you're trying to hit a ball and you're like okay, well, I know it's going to, I'm going to start it left and it's going to go right. And then that ball just starts left and goes left. But be honest, when it does start right and you do feel that good, solid, confident, you know, line that it starts off on, yeah, you start trying to put a little bit more behind it, don't you? Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm the yep. same way. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, and then, and then I get that, I get the push fade coming into play and that's just going nowhere. Yep. Well, very cool, Justin. I appreciate you sharing your story with our audience, how in about four years you've gone from, you know, that 18 to 20 range down to not just single digits, but kind of consistently shooting in the 70s. And you sounds like you've got a pretty good goal set to move down even further. So 
Thank you so much for joining us. And for everybody else out there, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers, everybody. All right, everybody. Hopefully you enjoyed this Sunday conversation with Justin. Hopefully you learned something. The big takeaway is for me that I think all higher handicappers could learn from is how Justin played his absolute best round by kind of leaving the ego in the bag, by taking a three-quarter swing and taking an extra club to make sure he's hitting solid shots on a consistent basis. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I hope you learned something from it. If you would like to be featured in one of our Sunday conversations, have a talk with me. You can head over to golfstrategyschool.com slash interview and actually just schedule a time with me, and I'd be more than happy to talk with you. Otherwise, until next time, everyone, I will catch you in the short grass. Cheers. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.